Welcome to Actively Autistic. My name is Gabby, and today with me I have a brand new co-host, who is also my boyfriend, Fireblade. Hello. This is not my boyfriend, Nathaniel, that I've talked about in the past. Um, that's a whole nother topic that we can talk about further on down the road, but I am in a polyamorous relationship. So, that's fun and brand new to me. But I like it so far. Things are going well. Um, so we haven't been around, or at least I haven't been around, just because of everything that's been going on lately. Uh, I've gotten quite a few health issues, which has been fun. Uh, and we are both assistant managers where we work. And we work nights. We are there from usually about 4 or 5 p.m. until 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. So we thrive at nighttime when everybody else is asleep. Yep. Don't get to hang out with people as much as I used to. Yeah. We don't get to much do anything of what we wanted to or what we want to. I miss being able to be loud. Oh, uh, yeah. That would be nice. Being able to be loud. Just <laughs> uh, I know that there are some people within the community, and probably there are definitely some people, well, those are contradicting words, but there might be some people listening to this podcast that don't like it when non-autistic people are a co-host or whatever on a podcast talking about autism and learning how to deal with it, but he is definitely neurodivergent. And we are highly suspicious that he actually is autistic. Especially since I have to have things in a specific order. Certain sounds mess with what I've come to know as sensory issues. So on and so forth. Yeah. All of it's fun. Because um, I've definitely... Like, other autistic people I've seen can pinpoint other autistic people really easily. Um, so we're definitely looking into that. But he also masks really, really well. So it can be difficult to actually get that proper diagnosis, as a lot of you know. Which is really interesting, because... Based on the type of science that we have now and the knowledge we have now, we should be able to pick things up like that relatively quickly and easily. But here we are struggling to find those in the older generations if they have neurodivergence. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's definitely not easy. Uh, and... I don't know, I think the older generation is also more... Used to being told you're just unnecessarily acting this way and stuff like that. Even though it's not true, it's just the way your brains work. Mm -hmm. For example, Absolutely. I can't get the same joy that people get with just hanging out. I have to be doing something along with it. Otherwise, I'm just dead, <laughs> pretty much. Well, that explains a lot. Why do you think I'm building a Gundam while we're sitting here chatting? Fair enough. <laughs> I mean, I totally understand that. But, 
The reason why we're also coming to you in September is because October is upon us. Spooky month. And I don't know about you guys, but that's my favorite time of the year. I love fall. Mm. I love Halloween decorations. I love, like, not the spooky stuff, but, like, I just like the idea of all of it. And it's because it's a comfortable time of year for me. Uh, more comfortable than other times of the year. Fall and spring are my favorite. I think it's funny, though, that in a way you're just like, I dislike the spooky stuff, and other than that, it's a really nice time. Me, I need the scary, otherwise it's kind of boring. I mean, I was, uh, I don't know, I, I call it traumatizing, because it, it was to my child brain, but yeah. I mean, there are scary movies that I can watch that don't bother me at all. But, like, if it has anything to do with zombies, it scares the crap out of me. I, I can understand that. Especially at a younger age. Yeah. But. I didn't even grab the piece that I needed. <laughs> oof. The other thing that I was kind of thinking of talking about tonight was the fact that, you know, we're up. At this time of night, and we have talked about a nighttime society. Oh, yeah, that. that. Honestly, I, I see the fun in not having a, like, nighttime system for things. Because you feel like you can get away with a lot more, let's be honest. Oh, yeah. There's a lot less people being awake and everything. But here's the other issue. The thing is, is that it have to be, like, its own little, like, island and or, like, completely city way off somewhere where it's only active during the night. Where we, if we work during the day almost into night, then it's kind of difficult to signify when that is, if that makes sense. In a way, we are legally allowed to be louder at night, just not as loud as, like, say, a party in, like, downtown. Yeah. Because that is... Even during the day, that's obnoxious. Yeah. But, like, think about it. A store can be open for 24 hours, which, since COVID, hasn't been a thing. Yeah, which is highly obnoxious. And annoys me, if I'm gonna be honest. But we can go shopping. We can actually get the quality sleep that we need without having to wake up and go to doctor appointments. Like, we have a doctor appointment for him later on today. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yep. And that's at 9 o'clock in the morning, so... Well, rip. <laughs> yeah. And it's currently 2.24 right now. Well, looks like I'm staying up another night. Yep. Ripperoni. Oh, well. <laughs> Uh, but like, I don't know, I think it would just kind of be nice to have a little society that does things at night. Which I understand why we don't do things at night. Especially, like, if you think about the past when, you know, predators come out during the nighttime, I guess, and everything. Yeah. And I understand that. But there are people who are normally night owls, like us that also functioned well within the society that they were in because of the demand of day work. Yeah, and like they would also protect their 
I'm thinking of Native Americans at the moment because I've got my heritage on the brain, but like, you know, people stayed up late at night to watch over the tribe in order to survive. Yeah. And like, that's what we need people like us for. And become night police. I mean, I think that would be kind of fun. Just a security guard, like night at the museum. I mean, that's what my grandfather did for a while there. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, he was a security guard. I feel like that'd be a lot less stressful than what we do. Uh, depends on the situation, but yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. <sighs> I mean, I'm also scared of people, and I don't know if I'd be able to confront them very well. <laughs> Unlike me. Yeah. Where I'm just like, hey, yo, what you do? And yes, I, I purposely went to that accent, because why not? <laughs> I think one of our coworkers talks that way because he's from New York. Yeah, he does. He actually does talk that way. And yet, I bring it up to him, and he's just like, in reality, to me, you guys are the ones with the accents. I'm like, fair. I want to move away and come back to Colorado one of these days to, like, see what our accents are actually like. But you also gotta mention, it depends on where you were raised and at what time. I suppose, but I mean, even my grandma, when she moved out to Pennsylvania, <laughs> oh, no. she left and she's like, you guys have accents, and then they were like, you're the one with the accent. You have and the accent. And then she was, she lived in Pennsylvania for a few years, and when she came back, because her mom got sick, um, she was like, wow, we do have accents. Mm -hmm. And I just want to know what that sounds like. I somewhat know what that sounds like, but that's also because I've I've been out of state like once or twice, and even in different states, the like tone of everything is different. That's true. That is true. And I didn't even like fully stay there to visit anybody. I just sat there in a car, <laughs> driving back and forth, and yet I noticed that people talked differently, and it's like, oh. And then I came back here, I'm like, whoa, why is this a thing? And then I just was like, okay. And I then think, I went back to being who I am. I think it's honestly very awesome. Sure, you can call it that. <laughs> I like hearing how other people pronounce things and, and their different ways of speaking just because it's really interesting to me because I've only ever heard two ways of talking. By the way, we're using royalty-free music in the background. I will provide the link in the description below. I guess I should also say the Gundam I'm building instead <laughs> of just sitting here doing it. The Gundam I am currently building is from the Unicorn series. I am building Unicorn Banshee, which is basically the dark variation of Unicorn. It's kind of hard for me to explain, like, the exact model number and everything, considering I'm not staring at the box, but it is quite enjoyable. If you have high anxiety and you're just trying to relax for the day, definitely try out Gundam. You don't even need to be necessarily great at it. You can just sit here, relax, listen to music, or chat with friends, and build. I can attest to that, because he actually got me into Gundam's and I started building one that we got for my birthday. 
which we still have yet to finish, which yeah. is making me sad. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it. I agree. And, like, I'm not very good at models or anything like that. Like, I feel like looking at everything, it can be extremely overwhelming because they're just plastic bits and pieces, and you slowly put them together, and my brain can't figure out how it goes from being in, like, a little tray of tray box thing yeah to being an actual thing and i've done it before and yet your brain is still just like that doesn't seem right yeah my brain just doesn't compute it but it is actually fairly relaxing and calming just to kind of sit there and clip things out and make sure things are smooth um that kind of thing is really nice so i mean Honestly, ever since I met Fireblade and ever since, even ever since we started officially dating, he's gotten me into more things and I've started going back into like trying to draw and color and all this other stuff. Like Nathaniel is my greatest support system to this very day and Fireblade is just adding to that. And it's making life a lot easier, and it's helping me with my stress levels. But I definitely still have my meltdowns and all of that other fun stuff that is kind of associated with things. But he handles things really well, Nathaniel, Nathaniel handles things really well, and it makes me feel really loved and accepted. Which, speaking of the whole, like, meltdown thing, um, I understand there's, like, triggers for that, mm -hmm. but what type of triggers, necessarily? It can depend on the person. Um, well, then let me put it this way. Triggers for you. Yeah, for me specifically, a trigger can be as simple as the way a day feels. Hmm. Our brains associate the way a day feels with a memory. And if it feels a specific way, which I have a really difficult time explaining, but if it feels a certain way, memories can come flooding back. And that can make me feel either really happy or really sad or a little bit of both, especially if they're memories with my grandma. And, like... If you think about it, these past few months have been really hard because, you know, it was the anniversary of the entire month that she was in the hospital and, you know, her passing away and everything like that. Yeah. So the, the seat, just the way the season feels in general can really mess with you and how you function. So the best way I can put it then for neurological people like typical neurological yeah neurotypical neurotypical sorry i'm still getting used to all the terms That's sorry okay, so if i'm stupid <laughs> anyways um in a way it'd be more like nostalgia yeah it is kind of like nostalgia absolutely and actually that brings up a really good point um that i didn't even really think about and that would be I'm gonna go to Facebook. <laughs> Why? Because I am a part of a lot of autistic communities on Facebook, mm -hmm. and I prefer to uh, 
someone text. Oh, that was your sister. Uh, that's kind of how I still am kind of active on my social media accounts as actively autistic. Okay. So let's see. So you still try to exist? I do still try to exist. I'm, I'm not actively out there, but I am out there. And let's see. I think our main goal for this, like, episode at this point is no matter who you are, you can fit in anywhere. Yep. It just takes time to... I understand, like, certain anxiety and triggers can cause you to sit there and be like, I can't go out and do this. Yeah. But I, I really don't care how people feel about me saying this, but I'm a furry. So I sit there and I'm just like, I'm gonna go be a fluffy bastard and say what's good. <laughs> right. And give people hugs even if I don't know them. I can't wait to start building my own, or like, we can get a professional fursuit. I'm fine with that for me. Professional first, trust me. <laughs> but I also just kind of want to practice with it and everything. Yeah. Because I think that's awesome. But I was on Etsy the other day. And I found, like, the fursuit badges, and it was like, please ask for hugs, silent suitor, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I thought that that was really nice. Yeah, they, there's even, like, you can even get badges that say that you have, like, autism and stuff. So that people can understand, A, this fluff isn't in the mood to do this because of a curtain situation going on in their head. Okay, that's more understandable why they're not in the mood to do that right now. Right. That is actually really nice. See, that's why I love the furry community. Like, a lot of people think furry, oh, gross stuff. But that's not all furries do. Yeah. We sit here and we try to... We even go to birthday parties for little kids. Oh, that's adorable. Like... I mean, that's kind of like how people think about bronies, too. Yeah. Bronies aren't all about gross stuff, either. And honestly, I'm starting to think I'm more and more a brony as well, but still. Oh, yeah, absolutely are. Oh, I am? Yeah. Oh, I, I didn't realize. Yeah. Either way. You're absolutely a brony. Oh, well. Either way. But that's just because, because of Nathaniel, I learned more and more about these different terms. And, like, I don't know, I think it's awesome how I'm getting a part of these different communities now. And we're going to have a bunch of different uh, guests on the podcast, oh. I've gotten back into matchmaker.fm, okay. where I've had previous guests contact me before, and I've contacted others, and I've had so many people reach out and be like, hey, I want to be a part of your podcast, or hey, my son is autistic, and he's he's interested in being uh, on your podcast, and stuff like that, so um, as soon as we get schedules and everything which, sadly, we're going to have to be awake during the day for. Um. <laughs> All that are supported. <laughs> I'm going to die from sleep deprivation. Yeah. Most likely. Actually, I'm surprised I haven't yet, considering I am an insomniac. Yeah. Which is an interesting concept in itself. Right? Insomnia is definitely a thing that is never fun. It is quite spooky because sometimes you'll sit there and you'll wake up one day and you'll feel fully rested even with only like four hours of sleep. Right! Or maybe even like two or three. Or hell, sometimes like 30 minutes. 
I've literally had 30 oh, million yeah. naps, and then I'm like, I'm awake now. Right? It's weird. And, and then it's you get still like, in the middle of the night. And, like, and you get like <laughs> eight hours of sleep, and you're like, why am I so tired? Exactly. Yeah. I hate those ones where you're just like, you've fully got the amount of rest you need. You're so tired, and you're just like, why? Yep. It's not fun. <laughs> but, going back to the nostalgia part. We're, we're jumping around a bunch, but then again, what do you expect from coming back? Yeah, <laughs> I think, I think, I'm not speaking for the community, but I think that kind of just having this back and forth and going from topic to topic kind of also gives them a feel for you. And it's Fair. allowing them to get used to me again. Yeah. Cause... Because, let's be honest, actively autistic is like a is like a, Nathaniel called it like a blog type deal. Fair. Uh, but that's because I want it to feel inclusive for everybody. Yeah. And, yes, I haven't done much more research and like hardcore scientific articles and everything like I had originally planned to do for this podcast. Yeah. But I like the idea of still having that personality into it instead of just being like, hey, there was a new study on autism. Here are the results. Here's what I think about it. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, I like being able to actually interact and have this back and forth and everything because it feels more personable. And I know that's not for everybody. But for some people, they actually need it. Yeah. And I understand that. And I think it also, like, for this podcast, it's like, hey, you know, this is trying to help neurodivergence function in a neurotypical world. And how are you going to kind of, like... React. Hear how other people deal with being in this world. Yeah. If it's not personalized. Yeah. I, I get that. So, like, I was definitely thinking of taking Nathaniel's advice and doing more of what I was going to originally do and be more focused and not jump around as much, but it's not worth it to me right now. Yeah, currently it's better that we're just jumping around because then, like you said, they get a feel for you again. They feel how weird and wacky I am, let's be honest, and everywhere to begin with. <laughs> and then... They can just start picking up on where we're standing. Yeah. Like, just because we're on one side of the fence, quote-unquote, does not mean that you cannot be part of this. Right. For example, again, back to the furry thing. A lot of people don't like furries. Which is odd to me. But there's also those people that accept furries but aren't part of it. Right. Such as my brother-in-law. Yep. He, he's not an actual furry... But he accepts us. And that's wonderful. Right. And I'm also going to link it to autism. I feel like it should be a thing that should just be accepted. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't control exactly how somebody's brain is going to function. You can't exactly control how it's going to develop either. Right. Sure, there are some things that can cause trauma to the brain, causing it to be that way. But we don't have, like, an indicator of exactly, hey, this is what's going to happen if you screw up. Exactly. And, like, if you think about it, autism is, and always has been and always will be, I think, just a way to 
exist. That's one way you can put it. The other way I was thinking is that you can also put it as... It's a different way of expressing one's self. Yeah. Because let's be honest, every person has a mask of some sort. Right. Whether they're trying to get a promotion, trying to fit in school, it really just depends on where you are. Mm -hmm. And what you're doing. Well, and without autistic people, I feel like we wouldn't have made the advances that we have. Exactly. Like, I'm gonna be completely honest, like, I'm willing to bet the whole thing of wanting to know what's going on in the human body isn't just a neurotypical person idea. I'm willing to bet the first person to actually do it was autistic. Probably. That's and, definitely something to research. And those who are also inventors, they think beyond what other people are used to, which causes them to actually create said items. Sure, it might go through a bunch of different iterations of it, but over time, it will potentially become a thing. Right. And I think on a previous podcast episode, I touched on um, some famous autistic people. Isn't one of the like most well, one of the more well-known like famous autistic people one of the Ghostbusters originally? Yeah. Yep. He is autistic, and I freaking love that he is. Yeah, because to me, he's basically showing. Sure, I may have these issues, but guess what? I'm an actor. And and that's why his name is Dan Aykroyd. That's why I've always wanted to act. Like, after I found out that I was autistic, when I was really little... A wee lass. When I was a wee lass, <laughs> um, I always wanted to act, but I felt like my butt chin, which isn't very prominent, would make me unsuitable for things. Yeah. But I... one of my favorite actors when I was younger that I had a huge crush on... I'm kidding. Continue. <laughs> had a butt chin. And I was like, if he has a butt chin, then I can also have a butt chin. And his is deeper than mine. Oh, is it almost like the Peter Griffin butt chin? I don't know. No, not no, necessarily. Not, not that I prominent? I don't know. It it's definitely not that prominent. But, like, that's what I was thinking. Or, like, hey, you know, this actress is chubby, like Melissa McCarthy. Yeah. Right? Who's recently lost a lot of weight. Like, kudos to her, and she's doing it to be healthy. Yeah. But, like, they wanted her to continue to be huge for her television show of Mike and Molly. And she's just like, no, that's not the type of person I want to be. Exactly. But, like, you know, she was able to get these amazing roles. She's an amazing actor. And it doesn't matter actress. about... Actress. About <laughs> her um, size, weight, or anything like that. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't matter. And she's also really pretty to me. I think she's really attractive. Yeah. And so, like, I always feel like if there are people out there that are really successful and even really, you know, pretty like Melissa McCarthy, you know, I could do the same thing. Yeah. And now, like, with my autism, I'm kind of in that same boat. Like, Dan Aykroyd is a comedic actor. He's played in a lot of films, mm -hmm. and he does it really well. Yeah. And, like, you can kind of tell that there is something there with his lack of facial expressions. Mm hmm but, like... He's still where he is because of who he is. Exactly. But, yeah, Dan Aykroyd, Albert Einstein, 
Wait, Einstein actually was diagnosed with that? He wouldn't necessarily have been diagnosed in the past because of the time frame and everything. But, like, recent events prove that he would be? Yeah, uh, many people believe that Albert Einstein would qualify as having autism spectrum disorder today. Huh. Mm -hmm. That's Because when he was younger, and I learned this in psychology, I think it was, Mm -hmm. but when he was younger... He was sent home with a letter to his mom saying, he's really stupid. He's not going to succeed. You should just pull him out of school. You know, like a whole bunch of stuff from his teacher. That's so rude. And his mom, because he was curious as to what it said, his mom said, they say you're doing an amazing job in school. And they're really proud of you. And she, like, lifted him up. She lied to him encourage him to do better exactly which sadly sometimes that's how things have to be but for people like me who's blunt and honest and that's the only way things get through to me Mm -hmm. i need you to be like hey you being stupid fix it right i can understand where other people would need the quote-unquote lie Well, he was also, like, seven. Yeah. Like, he was really young, and he became one of the best... Scientists out there. Yeah. And, like, that's just because his mom was like, hey, you're doing a good job. Because I think, actually, he had to be homeschooled after that. Because they didn't want to teach him. But still, like, you know, look at that. Yeah. Um, I don't know who Daryl Hannah is. Daryl Hannah? I'm yeah. not too sure about that name either. She's known for her roles in films such as Splash, Braid Runner, and Still Mangolias. Yes, Sonoma. <laughs> I don't either. She received an autism diagnosis as a child. She was extremely shy around other people and continued to be very fearful of the spotlight as an adult. Uh, one of her special interests was watching movies, which supported her career as an actress. Anthony Hopkins, who's an actor, was diagnosed with the outdated term of Asperger's Syndrome. Uh, Heather Kuzmich, reality TV contestant and model. Tim Burton! That makes sense. It's still under speculation whether Tim Burton has autism. However, his longtime partner, Helena Bonham Carter believes that he does. He has a unique perspective and gets intensely focused on his work, sometimes to the extent that he no longer hears what's going on around him. I mean, Tim Burton's, like, amazing. Yeah, a lot of his work is amazing, in my opinion. But that's also because I can understand his love for his passions. Yeah. See, but that's the thing. I think having that special interest... Just helps you progress further. It helps you progress further, and it makes things for people to really enjoy. Exactly. And to absolutely love and everything. And, like... I'm willing to bet, like, another person that was, like, really invested in movies was just like, you know, I would like these movies to be interactable. Video games. True. There are interactive movies. And I like those. I like one specifically. Oh? Yeah. I don't remember what it's called anymore, but I think I might have played it for my gaming channel. I can't remember. But Henry Cavendish, who was a scientist, 
back in the 1800s. Uh, Charles Darwin, Emily Dickinson, Bobby Fischer, who's a, a chess grandmaster. Bill Gates, Barbara, Barbara McClintock, who's a scientist and cytogen cytogenicist. Also, sorry for butchering names. Right. Michelangelo, Sir Isaac Newton, Jerry Seinfeld, Satoshi Tajari, creator of Pokemon. I knew about that one. Uh, I kind of suspected him as well. But... Nikola Tesla, Elon Musk, Clay Mar Marzo, who's a professional surfer. And Dr. Vernon Smith, who's a professor. But, like, they, they have an entire list. And it's on behavioralinnovations.com. It's a blog. Yeah. But, or it's a part of a blog, I guess. I don't know. They have parent resources. Um, they do support ABA, it looks like, which I'm not a big fan of. But I do like that they have, you know, like, hey, these are people that have ASD and they do say that no matter what traits of autism you or your loved one may have a person with autism has their own unique strengths and abilities there are many famous people with autism spectrum disorder who have used their strengths and abilities to achieve success fame or to accomplish amazing things yeah and like I like that they do actually say this I'm not sure like I have to look more into their whole thing about ABA but, and just because they support ABA doesn't necessarily mean that they are bad, but I'm not it's, a supporter of yeah, ABA. I, I understand the reason for why people would support that, but I don't like that. Right. It's, it's not as helpful. It's more harmful than helpful, especially according to scientific research lately, which we can also get into later, but I've also talked about that a lot in the past. Yeah, honestly, I would leave that for the previous episodes yeah like you can already ba tell based on my response to that i don't care for it either yeah so and this other one has a lot of um people as well in uh let's see what is this this one is applied behavioral analysis programs guide it's applied behavioral analysis programs.com uh, and they also have History's 30 Most Famous People with Autism, which is kind of nice, and they even give a little better of an excerpt on people, but I think it's awesome. But back to the nostalgia part, Autistic Grandma on Facebook said that, uh, Autistics have incredible emotional memories, especially for memories encoded when our feelings are running high. These memories are made with vibrancy, inciting equally strong emotions that to that memory on recall. She even has scientific articles backing this up, or articles that she's read backing this up. Once my youngest child started school this year, my oldest son and I have been spending a lot of time together. He likes to bring his laptop into the living room and share his interests with me, from old-time cartoons to smash stuff videos we watch, sitting together on the couch and Google searching all the dates of productions, creators, and any other questions that might pop up. <laughs> and, like... Th she's using nostalgia as with rock. her son as a way to even cope with things because it says together we share the ability to alter our moods by inspiring nostalgia within ourselves we both use music and our interests to force our brains to release the hormones that we need to find peace 
Use this information to create strong, positive memories for your autistic child. As much as we suffer from PTSD-inspiring dramatic memories, we also encode positive memories that inspire joy with the same intensity. Nostalgia warms our hearts in a healing way. And so for her, those memories of my dad working on his computer make my heart feel warm, and the time that we shared together will forever be a tool I use to remind myself that I was loved as a child by someone. Hmm. But I think nostalgia gets a really bad rap because, well, it can be really bad. Yeah. And referencing your question from earlier about triggers, my nostalgia even though sometimes it makes me really happy. If it's just a bad time of year for me, like, you know, the month of August is when my grandma passed away. Yeah. Things are a lot more harder for me to accept um, and just kind of deal with. Yeah. And so, like, I try my best to use the happy nostalgia, but even sometimes the happy nostalgia, depending on the year will really mess with me. Yeah. So, like, if I go, oh, today feels like a certain day that I'm having memories back on, I'll tell you whether or not they're actually good or bad. Yeah. And then that'll honestly kind of dictate how my mood is going to go that day. And if I'm going to have any kind of meltdown. At least that's what I've kind of, like, realized. Mm -hmm. Especially knowing that I am autistic and I've, you know, known it for a few years now. So... Maybe that's why, like, when we go, like, shopping sometimes, I feel like I need to be absolutely quiet and stuff, is because of the things I've done in the past, which, yes, we both are aware I'm not very proud of, mm -hmm. but because they did happen, I feel like I need to be pretty silent and not be noticed anywhere within said store or anything, if that makes sense. That does make sense, yeah. It's just kind of how your brain interprets things. Yeah. Uh, we are going to take a quick break for a quick little ad um, from Anger. So we will be back shortly after this message. <laughs> Thanks for that little ad break there. Um, I'm still very awkward, but welcome back. Of course you're awkward. It's you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> you're welcome. Loser. Aw, I appreciate that. But I did want to talk about uh, some autistic advocacy organizations again. And this is like, I keep thinking it's October because Spirit Halloween is open now. And I have my like... Halloween nails on, which are very weird, by the way. I've never used fake nails in my life, and I'm now using fake nails, and they're a pain in the butt, and they pain don't the they don't stick very well. Like I already lost the thumb by just taking that short nap with Nathaniel. Like my my thumb is gone, my thumbnail is gone, <laughs> my fake thumb one, gone. my fake thumbnail is gone. Um. <laughs> 
but like I'm I'm getting ready for spooky season. Spooky month. And the biggest thing that I saw at Spirit Halloween and Walmart is like the blue buckets mm-hmm. for the blue pumpkin buckets. And I think that's still an issue, but autism Halloween uh bucket. Use the bucket. Okay, so let's see. That was Okay, here's one from 2021. And why you shouldn't participate in the blue bucket trend. But apparently this happened all the way back in 2020, so when COVID was going on. Oh, um. And I did not realize that it was that long ago. You're welcome, I guess. <laughs> but, like, it is becoming that time of year again, and I thought that would be a good thing to kind of, like, talk about a little bit. At, at least before a Halloween officially comes. But I do want to talk about, like, the good autistic advocacy organizations, and I have them all pulled up already. But we have, um, one called a for a Autistics for Autistics. It's a Canadian group. Uh, it's a for a Ontario. Ontario? I don't know how to pronounce that, I'm, I'm sorry. Not sure. But it's a Canada National Autistic Self-Advocacy Organization that are an international affiliate of the Autistic Self-Advocacy Network, which is ASAN, Mm -hmm. and they too are autistic-run, unlike Autism Speaks and all of those other ones. But they talk about school inclusion, employment, housing, access to healthcare. Like, so these guys are autistic-run, and they're based in Canada, so if you live in Canada and don't know about these guys yet, I would suggest checking them out. They seem... they seem pretty neat. Um, they have stuff for newly diagnosed autistics, they have, uh, stuff for youth, for families of newly diagnosed, for families, children, and everyone. Like, they have a lot of really good stuff here. And I, I like this. Like, it, it it looks really nice. They even have LGBT plus resources. So, Autistic Queers in Toronto. And then Autistic and Queer coming out on the spectrum. They also have ebooks slash books as well. They also have podcasts, support groups, and discussions for allies. Documentary. Like, they link documentaries. But, like... It's kind of nice seeing that there's a new one that I haven't actually heard of, even if they've been around for a lot longer than I've realized. Still doing their part to but yeah, like, hey, that's not cool, bro. And actually, that is something that I used to want to do even when I was still in college. By the way, guys, I graduated this year. Hooray! I am no longer in college. Thank God. Um, But I did want to even start my own autistic, like... Rally? advocacy thing yeah and just be like autistic run non-profit kind of stuff yeah like i think that would be cool that's why i'm doing this podcast is to also like get information out there yeah uh but yeah there's autistics for autistics and then there's one called autistic women and non-binary network and it's called awn for short uh neurodiversity is for everyone 
They have education and outreach, community and support, publications. I so. still question how people assume that only guys are capable of autistic traits. I actually talked about that in a previous episode. Um, Is it because, like... Oh, actually, I don't ow. even really know the <laughs> possible I reasons. I stubbed my toe. The main reason, if I'm completely honest, is Hans Asperger and... Oh, God, why did I forget his name? Let me see if I can find it. Uh... Sorry, I'm having trouble finding this. Because I'm having to look through all of my... Okay, Canner. Canner, what was his name? Canner. Ah. Was it Leo Canner? Yep, Leo Canner. Okay, so Leo Canner and Hans Asperger were in two completely different areas of the world, but they both ended up kind of doing it. Canner was before Asperger. He did it one year before. But what they the they mainly only looked at boys. And male, like, just, like, young males. And they kind of, like, focused their work around that. And because of that, everyone's like, oh, obviously, it's just a male thing. Kind of like colorblindness, if you think about it. Oh, everyone no, it's says supposedly only a male trait. Everyone says that it's supposedly only a male trait. Yeah, I know females who are colorblind, and I myself am colorblind. Like... Yeah. Not by much, but I'm I'm still pretty color I'm colorblind. Yeah. Um and yeah, but it's because of them. Fun. Mostly Asperger though, if you think about it, because back with the paper that I read, uh he would only study the basically the rich white boys. That's great. And so that's where a lot of the stereotypes came from. Uh, but that... You're yeah. a rich white boy, you're autistic. <laughs> you're all, Yeah, you've got autism. Um, but another, like, organization, Autistic Inclusive Meets, so AIM for short, is... Where is it? Located. Yo, this is pretty dope. So, sorry if I'm cutting the conversation, but I finished the chest on the Gundam here now. Yeah. Ooh, that looks really cool. And chest plate opens to oh. reveal a pilot in there. Nice. It's so tiny. Yep. And then you can, of course, close that up. And then right here pops out a bit like the other one did. Mm -hmm. And then the sides here, if I pull them just right without breaking anything, which is very difficult considering it's just the chest right now that I have finished. Burger to burger. I don't want to break it. Burger burger burger. Burger to burger. There we go. I honestly don't know where this place is located, but they're using euros, so as currency. So Europe, somewhere. Somewhere, yeah. But they are also autistic run. Or autistic lead. 
Nothing about us without us is their thing. Ooh. Oh yeah, yep, yep, they're in the UK. Um, but they're also known as, or they are autistic inclusive meats, and they look like a really good place, but it says autistic inclusive meats is a not-for-profit organization created by autistic people to enable families with autistic children and autistic individuals to get out into the community and socialize in an accepting, inclusive environment with like-minded peers. We provide support and advice to families and individuals, promote acceptance of autism through education of the general public, and protect autistic rights by campaigning against autistic mistreatment. So the whole ABA therapy bullshit, in other words. Yeah, so they, they're they against that, which I really like. Um, at least as far as I can tell. But, yeah, nothing about us without us. And, uh... Anyways, this is the chest I opened up fully. Sorry, it took Ooh. me so long. No, that's fine. That's really pretty. It looks really nice. Pretty? Did you tell him it was Banshee Unicorn? Yes. Okay. At least I think it is. Fair enough. Um... <sighs> I, need to yeah. I need to stand for a moment. <laughs> You're good. <sighs> but... Back to the Halloween thing, I am still seeing those blue buckets. Which is dumb. And I, I don't like it. Yeah. But. And when you told me the whole situation with that, I am even just like, no, that's, no. Yeah, exactly. That shouldn't be a thing. But for some reason, people still choose for it to be a thing. Right. Sorry, I didn't mean to kick your chair. No, that's fine. Honestly, if you wanted to, you could, like, bring your good chair in here. I know? could, and I probably should, because this chair is making my butt numb. You want me to go grab that real quick? Maybe. I but mean, they're not going to miss me much. <laughs> that's true. I'm new here, so they're probably like, who is this freak? <laughs> Even though he's on our side. He's on our side. He might be one of us. He most likely is one of us. Mayhap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll go grab your chair for you. Thank you. There's a piece of Gundam on the floor again, and I still don't know where it went to. Oof. Like, I still don't know where Oh! According to Snopes.com, this trend began in 2018 with the blue bucket by a post by a woman named Alicia Plummer who came up with the idea to help her 21-year-old autistic son. Can we go trick-or-treating this year? Yeah. Like it was even gonna be a question that you had to ask. While the also, blue cheese. Okay. While the blue bucket concept as a whole could easily be considered problematic, I do not believe it was done carelessly or with malice malicious intent. However, there are a few issues with it that still make me feel icky. And this is the uh, author of this post, Rachel Strickland. The color blue perpetuates to the connection of autism speaks. Autistic kids probably don't want to stand out. I feel that. Neurotypical children may not want to speak up either. The idea that some adults will not give candy to kids who do not say trick or treat is rather abhorrent to me. Yep. But like, I like that she kind of touches on this and talks about why this blue bucket trend shouldn't be a thing and this was just posted september 26th of 2021 so last year and 
this website is called neuroplastic.com. Also, I'm gonna be right back. Alrighty, well that was a quick unintentional break. Um, we're back. Hello. Just kidding. It's seamless for you guys. Either way, though, it's called Neuroplastic, and it says change and then divergently. The autism spectrum according to autistic people. Oh, cool. So this is a new website that I just learned about because of this article. Um, let's see about us. Mission statement. We are a collective of autistic people responsive to the evolving needs and trajectory of the autistic community. By publishing autistic voices, we are cataloging the intersectional experiences, insights, knowledge, talents, and creative pursuits of autistics. So that's really nice. Mm -hmm. Those who publish with Neuroplastic Inc. are almost exclusively autistic. We sometimes feature contributions from non-autistic allies and indicate as such on those articles and resources with an editor's note. Our goal is to represent the autistic experience in its broad diversity, and we recruit people from backgrounds and with experiences that are underrepresented in autistic self-advocacy. I want to talk to them. That sounds awesome. But they also have a thing on ABA, what it is, the alternatives to it, personal experiences with ABA, and a link or a section called Child Therapies. Hmm. Autistic body language is not always communication. Autism Speaks provide uh, proved autistic people write on accident with a new screening instrument they're advertising. That was recently put. Well, well, it's not recent anymore. That's November 21st of 2021. But this sounds really nice, actually. Um, and definitely something to look into. So I will provide that link, of course, for that specific, uh, what's it called? Article by Rachel Strickland. And I would suggest checking out Neuroplastic because I also am going to change, uh, figure that out or whatever. <sighs> Brain doesn't work. But yeah, so I just wanted to bring that up. Let's try to remind our friends and family that a blue bucket doesn't necessarily mean much in terms of what it's what the well intent was trying to represent but not to necessarily support it um one more topic that i do kind of want to talk about is my tattoo because it's getting closer to the month of november kind of where uh fireblade and i are going to get tattoos and I know that my personal tattoo that I am going to get does include a puzzle piece, but it is red. Yep. My puzzle piece is red. And thankfully, the tattoo artist that we're going to have do our tattoos does not like the representation of the puzzle piece or anything like that. So she usually re refuses to do things that are linked with autism in a bad way. Um, like the puzzle piece is. And I know I have talked about it before. 
but I wanted to kind of reiterate it, especially since it will be coming up fairly soon-ish. I mean, it's September, so we still have technically two months, but... Oh no, that's not good. I think my gunman stand just shattered. Oh, that's not good. But... Yep, they broke it. I am going to use a red puzzle piece because I want to reclaim the puzzle piece, at least for myself. This is a sad day. Oh. I have to buy a new one later. Damn. His stand broke. Sad day. For his Gundam. <laughs> I wish I could brag about that. <laughs> but when I was finally diagnosed with autism, I felt like I found a missing part of myself. And I saw the puzzle piece. It felt like I finally found where I belonged after years of bullying and not fitting in. When I learned about AS, I started to hate it and despise it. However, in June of 2020, I remembered how important it was to me in the beginning, how I finally felt like I belonged somewhere and actually had a place in this world. I finally felt and still feel loved by the community that I'm a part of, and I love that I'm autistic because it's who I am. And so, what I'm doing for my tattoo is I'm taking back the puzzle piece and including the amazing infinity symbol. I'm merging the symbol that I identified with when I found out who I was slash am with the color red from hashtag red instead because it's a movement that I believe in, along with my love for the rainbow colored infinity symbol because it shows our inclusion and uniqueness. So it's not necessarily what autism speaks and other people are like, oh, you know, there's just always been a missing per part of this person because, and it's obviously because they're autistic and stuff like that, but it, it helped me feel like I finally felt like I belonged somewhere. See, I like your point of view on it. Yeah. Is, sure, in a way, people can take it as, oh, the part was missing completely. Mm-hmm. Until we found out what their issue was. But in the end, that makes you truly who you are. It makes you finally feel whole. You don't feel separated from anybody anymore. You feel like you can actually confront things, in my honest opinion. Mm-hmm. For example, I didn't know that I was a furry for a lot, longest time. And I felt outcasted because I liked the more, like, animalistic characters on how they look instead of the human characters. Right. For example, um gonna go for Disney for this one, Mike and Sully. They're technically more animalistic. That's true. And I liked that more than... Or Zootopia. Yeah. Or Zootopia. Definitely Zootopia, actually. Right. But, <laughs> anyways, I could see why people like the human characters. Mm-hmm. But showing that even animals can have the same emotions as humans made me feel better. Right. Or bugs, me, for that matter. Yeah, even insects. It made me It made me really like bugs. Oh, like Bugs Life? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm still not a full fan of ants, but Nathaniel loves ants, and he wants an ant colony, which I'm fine with. Like, the red ants are the ones that I don't like because they bite you and everything, like well, the fire ants. Uh -oh. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. I... 
I don't mind ants. I don't mind them at all. But, yeah. I totally get what you're saying. Like, it just kind of makes you feel better in a way. Zootopia was actually... Like, I never knew I was a furry until I saw Zootopia. And even then, you didn't even know the term. And even then, I didn't fully understand the term. I didn't really know it. And I just knew that I really liked it. And then when I found out, oh, this is furries, I had to go through the stupid, like, uh, what's it called? Stereotypes? Yeah. For, like, being a furry and everything. And, like... I don't know. I think I think it, it's kind of dumb that you have to go through all of that red tape to learn what being a furry actually is. Mm-hmm. Just like how you have to go through all of this stupid red tape to find out what being autistic really is. Yeah. You know? And, like, I don't know. It just... It's a thing. I think my main point with this episode is... No matter who you are, just be who you are. Because mm-hmm. in the end, you will feel better. Don't worry about what other people think. Worry about you. Worry about yourself first. As soon as you find out who you really are and how happy that makes you, then you can start worrying about other people. But by that time, you might not even care. Exactly. But that's the journey of life. Yeah. Like... For example, I'm experimenting with um, fake press-on nails that I got from Spirit Halloween for six bucks. They feel weird, but they're also really helping me stim because I like playing with them. And, like, I like how it feels scratching up against things and stuff. But they really do feel weird, and I don't necessarily really like it. But it's interesting to me. I'm going to dislike myself here in a moment. Why is that? So, I have to put a very tiny sticker on a very tiny part, and I don't know where my tweezers went. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm in danger. <laughs> Oof, buddy. Um, But, like, yeah, I, I don't know. I, and it feels weird because I'm not that kind of person that normally wears nail polish or fake nails or anything i'm not that person who's ever gotten a tattoo and i'm gonna be getting a tattoo and like i'm scared of what it's going to be like but at the same time i feel like i'll be happy like there are also these really cute earrings on etsy that are sword shaped that i really want but my ears aren't pierced anymore so i have to re-pierce them which is fine But, like, I'm scared of getting those sword earrings because I feel like they don't match who I am. But they do at the same time. How do you want to re-pierce your ears, though? You can do it the painful way, which is the way I always do it. Stick a needle through your ear into an apple? I just put the piercing straight in. Yeah, but see, my left one closed because of of an infection. I think my right one still only slightly exists. I don't know where my tools went. <laughs> He's having an existential crisis because oh, he can't find. Oh, there we go. <laughs> but like, I'm still worried. Like, even there are pins that I love. Like, I have Native American heritage, 
and ancestry and i grew up with some of it and i still feel like an imposter yeah and uh, imposter syndrome is huge with autism as well Mm -hmm. because it's like am i actually autistic am i just faking this like but like it's just interesting to me yeah i get that but i agree with i agree with fireblade in the fact that you gotta just be who you are and learn to accept yourself and worry about other people later. If even at all. And that's something that I'm still working on. You're still kind of working on that too. But you're pretty much okay with who you are. Yeah. It just depends if you are actually happy with yourself. If you're not, then keep working on yourself. Beyond that, doesn't really matter. Yeah. If you feel like you need to be the loud and outgoing person, go for it. If you don't feel that way, then be an introvert like me and hide away. <laughs> right? That's what I hate is, like, people in, in, like, elementary and middle school. I can't hear her. She needs to speak up. Oh, Okay. So I was forced to learn how to be loud when I actually like being quiet. But whenever I'm quiet because I'm normally loud, people think there's always something wrong when I just want to be quiet. There is something wrong with you. You're with two people. They're crazy in their own right. It is true. (laughs) Of course you're insane. (laughs) Insane in the membrane. Anyways. (laughs) But I did want to bring that up about the tattoo. I wanted to bring up everything that we've talked about today. And I just wanted to say hello. And I hope all of you like my new co-host. We're going to get better at, you know, actually having a solid plan for our episodes. But this was a partial whim and partial like, hey, we want to start getting around to doing this so that way you know we can actually not just say hey we're gonna do it we're actually gonna do it um and there was something else i wanted to say oh yeah i want to hear from you guys email us or find us on facebook actively autistic you know the cool last logo that i made of the brain it's the only one out there i think i hope um probably not but still you tried right like but i want to hear from you guys we want to hear from you guys how do you guys feel about this stuff what are your thoughts what are your opinions how is school going for you if you're still in school you know like we want to hear from you and i'm saying this because not just because of a like a q and a or anything like that like i tried in the past but I just want to hear from you guys. I want to know how everyone's doing and how things are going and, you know, if there's something that you're interested in. What, it, what do you want to do? Is there something that you want to do to promote autism? Are you a fellow furry? Like, just reach out to us. Talk to us. We love having the communication with our actual people and uh yeah just 
putting that out there because I've been reading a lot of blue chair comics by Shen lately on Webtoon. And there are a lot of his old comics. And like, he's actually like being like, hey, instead of just asking me questions, tell me about how you guys are doing. You know, and I really appreciate that. And I think that's definitely something like, I normally ask that anyway, but I only ask that in the communities, like on Discord and stuff. So I want to put that out there a little bit more. That makes sense. To be able to sit here and not only have an audience, but an audience that communes with you. Right? Doesn't just make it a channel. It's the channel. Yeah. At that point. It's everyone's. Yeah, it is everyone's channel. It's not just mine or ours. Mm -hmm. Um Oh gosh damn it. I thought of something, and then it was gone. We're just the voice in order for you all to project. Yeah. You give us your ideas, we'll discuss it. Exactly. Let us know what you want us to talk about. I know one of the episodes that I do want to make now is on polyamory. And, like, kind of figuring out who you are as a person. Because I'm still going through that. But I know that I'm pansexual and non-binary and poly. And, like, I think talking about all of that is a really good idea. Again. Because we've talked about... Previous co-host and I used to talk about LGBTQ plus stuff. Um, and that was their specialty. Because I didn't know much about it. And I would ask questions. I'm more of a floof. <laughs> Yeah. But, like, I think having a, having that discussion again with a newer person and also with everything that I have discovered about myself since that time... Will help you get out there. Exactly. Your wording and everything. Exactly. So, yeah, please feel free to reach out to us. We would love to hear from you guys. We are on Discord, Actively Autistic. You can find the invite link on our website, activelyautistic.com, um, and you can also find us on social media. I don't check Twitter or Tumblr as much as I should, but I'm still part of Instagram and Facebook the most, and we will see you guys on the other side. Have fun. Don't get hurt. Be well. See you next time. Bye.